Magicians earn their living deceiving people using sleight-of-hand tricks. With an abacadabra and a now-you-see-it-now-you-don't, rabbits disappear, handkerchiefs change color, and the Queen of Hearts moves to the top of the deck. Well, far worse than a magician that tricks you is a false religious leader that deceives you. Jesus said, as the end of the age draws near, false Christs and false prophets will arise and perform great signs and wonders so as to lead astray, if possible, even the elect. The best defense against a great deception is a strong dose of the truth. The truth will set you free. It will also protect you from the one who deceives. I'm Ron Jones. Something good starts right now. Therefore, God will send them a strong delusion so that they may believe what is false in order that all may be condemned who do not believe the truth. That's 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, and this is Something Good. I'm Brian Davis. Thanks for being here for today's teaching from Dr. Ron Jones, lead pastor of Atlantic Shores Baptist Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. Well, those are ominous words from the book of 2 Thessalonians, but make no mistake, in the last days, there will be strong delusion, and God is the one who will send it. But there is good news, and plenty of it. And it comes your way next as Ron continues his teaching series, What on Earth is Happening? Examining the Prophecies of Jesus. Online you'll find us at somethinggoodradio.org where you can listen to the program on your schedule or make a safe and secure donation to the ministry. That's somethinggoodradio.org. From Atlantic Shores Baptist Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia, where he serves as lead pastor, here's Ron with part two of his message, the worst of times on planet Earth. If you were living during that time, or even the times in which we're living today where there are false Christs and false teachers, are you easily led astray by people who borrow the terminology of Christianity, but they have a different dictionary? Are you discerning enough to know the difference, or will you be led easily astray? The Apostle Paul sends the same warning in his second letter to the Thessalonians. Listen to this in 2 Thessalonians 2, verses 9 through 12. Paul says, the coming of the lawless one, he's talking about the Antichrist, is by the activity of Satan with all power and false signs and wonders and with all wicked deception for those who are perishing because they refuse to love the truth and so be saved. Therefore, God sends them a strong delusion so that they may believe what is false in order that all may be condemned who did not believe the truth but had pleasure in unrighteousness. Oftentimes I get the question, Pastor, um, will it be possible for somebody who rejected Christ prior to the rapture to receive Christ during the tribulation? And I say, yeah, it's possible, but it will be exponentially harder for a couple of reasons. First of all, the Holy Spirit, when the church is raptured, the Holy Spirit departs, all right? It's not Elvis has left the building, it's the Holy Spirit and his church has left planet Earth. And the restrainer of evil, that's what the Apostle Paul in the New Testament refers to the Holy Spirit as, he's a restrainer of evil right now. 
through the salt of the earth and the light of the earth, that is you and me as believers in Jesus Christ who are filled with the Holy Spirit, there is a restraint on evil right now, which is why following the rapture, all hell literally breaks loose on planet earth for a period of seven years. So it will be harder. You can't come to Christ without the, the wooing of the Holy Spirit. He will be active and involved, certainly through the ministry of 144,000 Jews, uh, Jewish evangelists who recognize Jesus as their Messiah during the early part of the tribulation, but it will be harder. The second reason it will be harder is because Paul says God sends a strong delusion upon people to believe false things. And you'll just sit there and scratch your head. How can you believe such deceptions? Again, the devil possesses a PhD in deception. He is a deceiver. All the way back to the Garden of Eden. And he will trick, he will deceive, and, and he will turn many uh, away from God. The Apostle John even describes a second beast arising out of the earth who in partnership with the Antichrist, listen to this, Revelation chapter 13, performs great signs, even making fire come down from heaven to earth in front of people. And by the signs that it is allowed to work in the presence of the beast, it deceives all those who dwell on the earth, telling them to make an image for the beast that was wounded by the sword and yet lived. This is part of the exponential increase in deception as the Antichrist, who is called the beast, and the second beast, probably the false prophet, a religious leader who partners up with the Antichrist politically and financially. Together, they are given great powers, even signs and wonders, even to where the Antichrist himself will be wounded dies and rises again from the dead. You know, the devil is a counterfeiter as well as a chameleon. And he wants it to look like he can do just what Jesus did. And this is part of the deception that will uh, blanket the earth during the tribulation period. Back to Matthew 24, verse 28. This is why Jesus goes on to say, warning at that time, for false Christs and false prophets will arise and perform great signs and wonders so as to lead astray, if possible, even the elect. See, I have told you beforehand, he says, so if they say to you, look, he is in the wilderness, do not go out there. If they say, look, he is in the inner rooms, do not believe it. For as the lightning comes from the east and shines as far as the west, Jesus says, so will be the coming of the Son of Man he ends this section in verse 28 by saying, wherever the corpse is, there the vultures will gather. We're talking about not being deceived. Flee to the mighty fortress, all right? During any time of tribulation and trouble and distress in your life, just run to Jesus. Flee to the mighty fortress, but also don't, don't be deceived. Uh, the best way to avoid the devil's deceptions at any time is to know the truth like a trained FBI counterfeit currency agent knows a $1 bill. You know how the FBI trains their counterfeit agents? Not by putting a bunch of counterfeit currency in front of them, because that's always changing, right? No, they put a real dollar bill and a real five and a 10, a 20, a 50, a 100, and they say, study the real thing. 
study it, every facet of it, every detail of it, so that when a counterfeit appears, in the blink of an eye, you can recognize it. Do you know your Bible that well? Do you know the truth of God so well that when a false teacher spits out things, oh, using the terminology of Christianity, but with a different dictionary, just a slightly different dictionary to twist the truth just that much. Can you detect it in the blink of an eye or in the hearing of your ear? That's the only way I know how to prepare yourself for the devil's deceptions. So be prepared. Cults, for example, love to operate in mystery. Have you noticed that? They shroud themselves in hidden meanings known only to the uh, fully enlightened. During the tribulation, some deceivers will say that Jesus has already come. He's here or he's there. He's over here in the hidden places that only the fully enlightened can know. Come, we'll introduce you to him. Jesus says, don't believe it for a moment. Rather, at that time, the son of man's return, he says, will be a, like a lightning strike in the sky. Everybody will see it. Not just an enlightened few uh, in, in the hidden places. It will be obvious to all. He uses a rather cryptic analogy to describe uh, the obviousness of the second coming of Jesus Christ. He says that uh, wherever the corpse is, the vultures will gather. What does he mean by that? Have you ever seen a, a circle of vultures in the sky? What does it tell you? You know exactly where the corpse is down below. It's that obvious, right? You don't have to guess you know, it's, it's obvious to everybody. And Jesus uses that analogy plus the lightning strike of the sky to say, when he comes, it'll be obvious to all. But there will be deceivers who say, no, he's already come. He, he came to us. He's over here in the hidden places. Come on over here. He says, don't believe it for a moment. Do you have enough discernment, discernment to know when a false teacher or a deceptive teaching has come across your way. So flee to the mighty fortress. Don't be deceived. And then finally, I just say, in light of this teaching about the great tribulation to come, escape the coming wrath. J. Dwight Pentecost, a former professor of mine at Dallas Seminary, uh, writes extensively about the end of the age, and he provides 10 descriptive biblical words that characterize the coming tribulation, wrath, judgment, indignation, trial, trouble, destruction, darkness, desolation, overturning, punishment, just an ominous list of words. Uh, you get the idea this is the worst of times on planet Earth. He concludes his discussion by saying, quote, no passage can be found to alleviate any degree whatsoever the severity of this time that shall come upon the earth. You say, oh, pastor, this is negative, negative kind of teaching. No, it's, it's, it's teaching from the word of God. Why does the Bible even tell us about this kind of stuff? Why, do, why, does Jesus, why did Jesus uh, warn the disciples and burden the disciples' hearts with this kind of look into the future? To warn him as a warning to them, as a warning to us, as a warning to the world in which we live. Because, you know, you might have a view of God that is partially consistent with how he reveals himself in, in Scripture. 
And you say, oh, God is a God of love and he's a God of grace and a God of patience and long suffering and he just loves everybody. Yeah, he does. But he's also a God of justice and holiness and righteousness. He's also a God of wrath. It doesn't mean with uncontrollable anger, he just spews all over the earth. No, built into the creative order is this idea that if you reject the love of God, the consequences are built in. That's known as the wrath of God. Uh, read Romans chapter one, you know, and, and, and there are certain consequences built into rejecting the truth that God has given to us. And the consequence, the ultimate consequence, you know, coming on the pages of Bible prophecy is this time of great tribulation. Here's the good news for believers in Jesus Christ. You can escape the wrath to come. Still ahead, the rest of Dr. Ron Jones' message, The Worst Times on Planet Earth, right here on Something Good Radio. To hear any of Ron's messages on demand, visit somethinggoodradio.org. That's somethinggoodradio.org. And when you stop by, check out the new Something Good digital library, where you can search to find answers to your biblical questions from nearly 30 years of Ron's Bible teaching ministry. You can stream for free and on demand at somethinggoodradio.org. Something Good exists only through your faithful prayer and financial support. And as you give today, we'll give you the complete audio download to the series you're hearing now, What on Earth is Happening? Examining the Prophecies of Jesus. That's all eight messages in Ron's teaching series, What on Earth is Happening? Examining the Prophecies of Jesus. It's our way of saying thank you for your gift to Something Good Radio. Donate online at somethinggoodradio.org. That's somethinggoodradio.org. Or mail your gift to P.O. Box 6245, Virginia Beach, Virginia, 23456. You can also call our offices at 757-276-1099. Now let's get back to Ron for the rest of today's Something Good Radio message, The Worst of Times on Planet Earth. 1 Thessalonians chapter 1 and verse 10 a letter that Paul wrote to the Thessalonian church where he talks a lot about the end of the age. We get our most detailed description of the next event on God's prophetic calendar known as the rapture of the church in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, 13 to 17. Shouldn't surprise us at the beginning of that letter, he talks about Jesus who, quote, delivers us from the wrath to come. There's a lot of debate among Bible scholars and teachers and prophecy experts as, in terms of the ordering of events in Bible prophecy. I, I acknowledge that. My best understanding, and I have kept this for almost three decades of ministry and haven't wavered from it, is that the church of Jesus Christ, those blood-bought sinners saved by the grace of God and through faith will be snatched out of this earth prior to the tribulation. That's one way Jesus saves us and delivers us from the wrath to come, not to mention the ultimate consequence of rejecting the truth of God, which is a place called hell, the second death, Revelation 20. But you can escape the wrath to come. And you say, Pastor, I'm already a believer of Jesus. I'm so glad I won't be here during that time. I say, great, during the times of trouble and distress, and tribulation on this earth, and we're living in one of those times right now, uncertain times and difficult times, the virus and all of that. 
I say still, flee to the mighty fortress. He's your safe place. Don't be deceived by false teachers. If you've already escaped the wrath to come, you, you know where you're headed. That's good. Believer, listen to me. Help others escape. Help others escape. You have friends and neighbors and loved ones, acquaintances, people you have contact with, some church or some pastor will never be able to have contact with. Help them escape. Bring the warning to them. The truth of God's word, the most loving thing you can do is give people the whole counsel of God, the complete picture of what is to come. I pray every day, even so come Lord Jesus. I pray he comes now. But every day that he doesn't, every day the father says no, I'm not gonna turn to my son and say go. That day is coming. But every day he doesn't come gives us another opportunity as believers to share the love of Christ, to tell the truth to the world, even the warnings that come. Oh, I would love it if it were the grace of God that draws people to faith in Christ, and more often than not it is. But sometimes it's a warning like this, straight from the lips of Jesus. And I say to those of you who have never placed your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, whether you're in person here or you're watching online, flee to the mighty fortress, run and get to the cross as quickly as you can. Because the next event, which I call kind of the first half of the second coming, the rapture of the church, there is no sign leading up to that. There is no um, you know, indication maybe the birth pangs, but we don't know the day or the hour of his ultimate second coming, let alone the front half of that. It could come at any time, and it won't be a lightning strike in the sky for all to see. It'll come in the twinkling of an eye. As fast as you can blink your eye, the rapture takes place. And the, the world that is left behind is sitting here wondering, what on earth is happening? What just happened? You talk about economic, ecological, uh, political turmoil in the world. It's just, it's the precursor to the tribulation. And in that time of distress, a world leader possessed by the devil himself comes center stage, promises safety and security, gets everybody, you know, at rest. And so begins this, this time also known in the Bible as Jacob's trouble. You can escape that. You can not only escape it, but you can be promised a home forever in heaven. The ultimate fortress and safe place is heaven itself. So flee to the mighty fortress, friends. Don't be deceived. Escape the coming wrath. And if you've already done that by faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, you have a responsibility, I have a responsibility, we have a responsibility as a church to stay on mission and help as many people as we can escape the wrath to come. Let's pray together. Our God and our Father, we thank you for uh, the clear but sometimes uh, ominous and distressful teaching of the Word of God. I thank you that you love us enough to tell us the truth, to even give us a glimpse into the future. 
that comes with uh, appropriate warnings. Lord, I just pray that your Holy Spirit would urge us in a way today to respond in all the appropriate ways. Maybe there's somebody here today, in person, online, wherever God has you. And a teaching like this has gripped your soul in a way, and you say, I I don't know that I'm ready, Pastor. But today's a day of salvation. Just pray this prayer with me. God, I know that I'm a sinner. I've broken your laws. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. That includes me. And I know the wages of sin is death. But that gift of God which is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. I want to receive that right now by faith. And I place my faith and my trust in Jesus Christ. Friend, if you prayed that prayer, you meant it. It's not a a magical thing to say. No prayer is. It's not an incantation. But it's just the honest expression of your heart to a God who is ready to save, to rescue, to deliver, who's saying, come to me, I'm that mighty fortress who can deliver you in times of tribulation and trouble and ultimately delivers you from the wrath to come. I can say on the authority of God's word, welcome to the family of God. Thanks for being here for today's Something Good Radio message, The Worst of Times on Planet Earth. And Ron, this delusion you spoke of earlier sounds ominous. The Antichrist arrives on the scene and God says that he, not Satan, but God himself, will send strong delusion so that those who have rejected Christ will continue to reject him and instead embrace the Antichrist. In light of what will happen then, what should we be doing now? That's such a great question, Brian. You know, we've touched on this before, but let me say it again. Our primary mission as believers in Jesus is to collectively share the gospel with the world. For you as a listener to Something Good Radio, uh, that may mean sharing it with your coworkers or your unsaved relatives uh, or other people in your sphere of influence. For others, uh, they may be called to be missionaries or pastors. Whatever God has called you to do vocationally, your spiritual mandate remains the same as it was right before Jesus ascended. It's called the Great Commission. Now, ironically, Brian, one of the things we do, in addition to sharing the gospel message with people, is we tell them about the very prophecy to which we're referring right now. Imagine telling the unbelievers you know. I'm talking about friends, family members, coworkers, neighbors. Imagine telling them that in the last days, an antichrist will emerge, and that many people, perhaps the vast majority of people in this world, will believe that he is, in fact, the Messiah. At that time, they might just remember this prophecy you or I or one of our listeners shared with them, and it might just trigger something in them that helps them see the truth. I think that scenario is entirely possible, perhaps even likely. Think about this. Some people may come to faith in the last days because of the prophecies we share with them right now in these days. It's something to think about as we consider how we share the gospel of Jesus Christ with those who have yet to believe it. 
Amen. Always great to hear your final thoughts from the messages you share here on Something Good Radio. Next time on Something Good, Ron continues his series, What on Earth is Happening? Examining the prophecies of Jesus. And Ron, I know you want to say a quick word about what's in store tomorrow. I sure do, Brian. This next message covers the most climactic event in human history. And that will be, notice the future tense, that will be the second coming of Jesus Christ. Now, I know some people flat out refuse to believe it will ever happen. Others are skeptical but open to the idea. Still others believe it will happen, but maybe you're wondering uh, whether I'm going to sensationalize the whole event and drag out charts and give dates and try to convince people of the when instead of focusing on the what. Well, I'm not going to do that. But what I am going to do is dive into the second coming of Jesus Christ as it is uh, revealed to us in the pages of Scripture. This is the most talked about prophetic event in the Bible, and again, the most climactic event in human history. That all comes your way tomorrow when Dr. Ron Jones shares his message, The Day Christ Returns. Join us then for Something Good. For Ron and the entire team here at Something Good Radio, I'm Brian Davis. God bless, and thanks for listening.